what I say to people is, if you're the type of person that wears your hair up every day, don't wear it down for your wedding day or vice versa. And if you wear typically, you know, a smoky eye and a red lip, don't go a no makeup look for your wedding day because you're not going to look like you in your photos. You're not going to recognize yourself. If you wear very little makeup or no makeup, don't go all heavy on your wedding day. And the trials are so important. I definitely recommend people getting trials done if they can in line with their fittings because then they can come in and try their dress and see it all together and maybe go, you know what, the purple lip's actually not working with the dress or the upstyle isn't doing it. I don't feel my best. In every choice, I wouldn't go, oh, because I want to show off the detail on the shoulders, I'm going to have my hair up. It's not the right reason for choosing it. Do your hair up because it makes you look your best or wear your hair down because it makes you look your best. Pick the things that are going to highlight your every feature and make you glow. Unbridly is a community of pro-wedding vendors who believe in freedom and integrity in weddings, giving you options, solutions, tips and tricks to create the experience and memories that you and your fiancé really want and deserve. Because we believe that weddings are a team sport. With how-tos, stories and interviews with recently married couples, we find out what went right and what they'd change if they could go back and do it all over again. I'm Camille and welcome to the Unbridly podcast. Did you know that you don't have to be an Oscar winner or a certain size or body shape to enjoy a couture creation of your very own? Whimsical romantic and dreamy bridal confections are Paolo Sebastian's signature style. But today, in my interview with founding designer Paul Vasilev, we chat about how every piece he makes is in fact so incredibly unique to the client and he views a potential heirloom to be handed down for many generations to come. We go through the steps of the couture process, the different whites that he's seeing used the most, and which might be the most flattering for your colouring. Paul shares why you actually don't want to choose a hairstyle for your big day just to accentuate your wedding gown. He's also getting married himself very soon, so be sure to listen for how he's creating a high-energy experience for his wedding guests. It's not as difficult as you might think. Let's get into it. Hi, Paul, and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Absolute pleasure. To set the scene for those who aren't across who you are, perhaps could you share a little bit about your history and how you got to be here and what Paolo Sebastian does? So Paolo Sebastian is a brand that I started when I was 17 in my parents' lounge room. And I guess it was in the hopes of creating beautiful, unique couture pieces. And now, 15 years later, we are a staff of 16 and we still hand make everything here in Adelaide. We sell to clients all over the world and still able to maintain the most beautiful quality and uphold the traditions of couture and traditional craftsmanship. Paul, some people don't know what the difference is between off-the-rack and couture. Could you explain a little bit about that? Couture basically is custom-made. With couture, it's really about working from the ground up and creating a new pattern for your shape, and it should just fit like a glove. And the beauty of it is we do absolutely any size, and you know everyone has different bust height, different bust width. 
Some people are broader in the back and narrow in the front and they hunch their shoulders forward. Some people have scoliosis, for example, will make one side different to the other side so that when you're wearing it, everything evens out and it all just hangs beautifully. So it's about highlighting the best features, correcting things that we need to correct and really working with each individual to create something beautiful and unique for them. Obviously, the major advantage then is this amazing fit, but what are the other advantages, do you think, Paul? The way I view them, they're future heirlooms. And one of the things that really excites me is the idea of this dress one day being adored and cherished by children, grandchildren. And, you know, we see it now. A lot of girls are wanting to wear their grandmother's dresses and update them. And that's really exciting. Quite often when I'm working with a client, I kind of say to them, let's think about this as something that we want to look back on in 20, 30 years' time. I want you to still love it. And I want you to pick something that is still going to be beautiful rather than just focusing on what is a trend. We're really working to create something that I call it the Cinderella effect. This kind of transformative effect that I see when people put on their gowns for the first time. They just become this heightened version of themselves and you see them like swish and sway in front of the mirror and they're excited. And I know when I've made suits for myself, it's a little bit different, obviously, but I stand that little bit taller and I feel I feel like I'm wearing pajamas almost because it feels like I'm not wearing anything. But you stand straighter and you, you have this energy, which being able to give that to someone is such an incredible feeling and seeing that on your client's face is amazing. I love how you were saying then, Paul, that you're not cloaking the individual as such, like in a trend or a particular colour or a cut, but you're accentuating Mm -hmm. and expressing the person through the garment. That's beautiful. We have clients in Dubai, in Qatar, in Adelaide, in Sydney, Melbourne, London, Paris, They're all living very, very different lives and experiencing life in a very different way. We will have some people that end up with something a little bit more edgy and a little bit more sleek and structured. And then other people have these super whimsical light dresses. And I think a lot of people, when they think of Paolo Sebastian and those who know the brand, they kind of think fairy tale dresses. But there is so much more to what we do. And that's what I love about working with clients because it is this collaboration between us and them putting so much of their personality into their gown to create something really unique. I've absolutely seen that. As a celebrant, having a couple of my brides wearing your creations, Thomasina, for example, she was in the Adelaide Botanic Gardens and hers was very much Cinderella, big flouncy skirt, you know, soft sort of blush pink, embroidery everywhere, and she just, she floated through the gardens (laughs) was absolutely perfect for her. But then down in Coriol Vineyard and the bride, she's a lawyer and she's much more sort of direct and a little bit sarcastic and that's how she rolls. And her dress was much more sleek and it was in this silvery blue with all this embroidery of sort of um, stars, I think. They were both yours, yet they were both perfect for the brides themselves When I'm meeting someone for the first time, we start with an initial consult. Most of that consult is really just getting to know them and understanding what they want to feel when they put on their dress on their day. 
because I think a lot of people come in thinking that they need to have all the answers and that they need to very quickly come up with exactly what they're going to be wearing and what they're going to look like. But it is a process and the way that we work, we kind of do things in stages so that it's a little bit less daunting, a little bit less overwhelming because it can be and I understand that. We try to just start by having a chat about what you want to feel and what kind of feel you want for your wedding. And a great exercise that I recommend to everyone probably at the start, this is something that I do when we're creating a collection, is putting a mood board together. For example, our current collection, Wild Swans. I kind of wrote my own version of the story and then made a mood board from there. And it just really helped to take all the ideas that are in your head because it can get really overwhelming and just put it onto paper. And whether you're using Photoshop or Pinterest or you want to do it with actual uh, magazine clippings and things, it's all fine. But it just helps to kind of get that little bit of a thought process. And what I say to people is if, you know, you see it all together in one picture and you take something out, that's not fitting in there but you're upset about that put it back in and and then see if you need to rework things or maybe you know it looks cleaner without it and so maybe it can give you a bit more of a direction as to where you want to go so if you're starting with that you can then take that to all of your vendors and then everyone can get on the same page. For those who have never had a couture gown or had anything made to measure, can you perhaps explain, like, what is the process? The initial console is the start of the process. That's where I meet with all of the clients, have a chat about how you want to feel, what's your day looking like, what are the sort of things that you're doing? Because, for example, I had a bride in Alaska who had to climb a mountain. So automatically that is giving me... <laughs> some prerequisites as to what we're creating. And that's sometimes done by Zoom or it's done in-house depending on their geographical location and their availability. And then from there, we create a design. And like I said, that's not necessarily exactly what they're going to end up with, but it's a good starting point because some people might not be sure, do they want sleeves or do they want a bishop sleeve or a fitted sleeve or a short sleeve or sleeves at all? Do they want to go strapless? Do they want a cape? So from there, what we do is we take measurements. That's normally about five, six months out. And then we begin making what's called a toile. So a toile is basically a prototype of this design. And it's made in muslin or calico or tulle fabric. And it's just really to test the shape, the fit, the silhouette. And it gives the client a really good perspective of what their gown is going to look like. I've had some people say, can I walk out with this? Because they really love their calico. And that, that's, that's great. If they're a little bit unsure about something, like if they want a bishop sleeve or a fitted sleeve, I'll make both. Sometimes we'll cut the sleeves off altogether. But it's just a really good exercise to go through. From there, we go through fabric selections, colours, embroideries, and really try and make sure that we are being true to the vision and selecting something that we really love. And from there, we begin making the actual dress. After that, the second fitting, which is in the actual fabric, and we try and get that one pretty far along to looking like their actual dress so they can get a really good understanding of what they're expecting. And then we have their final fittings and their pickup fittings. We tend to leave a lot of the closures, like the zipper or the buttons, right until the end and the hem. 
so that we can get the best fit possible. Sometimes measurements do change. So, you know, we want to make sure that what we took six months ago, because people get quite nervous about that. I would imagine it'd be the greatest fear. Yeah, the people hate it. I think that everyone comes into their measurement appointment absolutely yes. petrified. petrified. They don't want to know about it. But what I say to them is it's just a guide. You know, we're just a starting point. And then with each fitting, we're obviously tweaking as we go. But Adelaide clients, because they're local, we don't have to worry about shipping them anything. One to two weeks out, we're doing that final check. For interstate, three to two weeks. International, we like for them to have their dress about a month before. So what we do is another Zoom call with them. And sometimes even with our interstate clients, just check those measurements again, make sure nothing's changed. And if it has, we update things. In our atelier, we make a mannequin up to their proportions and their measurements. So it's like we've got them in-house and we can check the gown on them, check if we need to adjust anything. So it's really a great way to make sure that we're getting the perfect fit. Talk to me about your favourite whites because I know brides really love to know this. What are you seeing most? White, white in terms of like optic white, Colgate white, bleached white, I absolutely hate. I don't even have it on my rack because I don't want anyone to choose it. I don't think it suits anyone. There's no life to it. The white that I see the most and probably my favorite white is natural white or silk white. And it's just got this beautiful, romantic, rich quality to it. It, It's still quite light in color or in, in tone and shade but it doesn't have the yellowy undertones of maybe an ivory because ivory, depending on the make of the cloth, it it can make it quite sallow, it can look quite dirty. So I think the ivories and the champagnes, if you're going for more of the antique look, depending on what, if you're putting embroidery or lace work or beading with it, the antique look can be really beautiful. For example, if you've got pink undertones in your skin, you're wanting to pair that with a blue base or a silver tone because what that's going to do is cool you down it's going to counteract the pink in your skin and it's going to make you look less flushed and less overheated whereas if you're tanned or darker toned you can wear the pinks you can experiment a little bit more with those color tones it depends on your hair coloring and how you're going to have your makeup because makeup changes everything. So I have pretty decent sized swatches here and I'll hold them up in the mirror. And it's quite interesting to people what they think is going to suit them versus what actually does. And again, it's about picking things in purpose of making you look your absolute best. If you had a sweary, chocolate addicted, wine sipping fairy godmother, who could help you with your wedding planning, what would you wish for? Perhaps no more waking up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat, wondering what you've forgotten, or fretting about your RSVPs. Maybe no more spreadsheets or post-it notes or endless to-do lists. Well, I can help you with all of that. Websites is an Australian wedding website builder, guest management software, and wedding project planner all in one. Why is this such a game changer for you? Well, imagine everything to do with your wedding being in one place, updated in real time in the cloud, shareable to anyone else that's helping you, password protected for your guests, with notifications to tell you what needs to be done next and by when. It's amazing, right? 
I love how easy websites is to set up and use and how there are no ads on the platform yelling at you to spend more money on your wedding. To get started on your very own free wedding website, just head to websites.com. That's W-E-D-S-I-T-E-S dot com and enter the code UNBRIDELYPOD, that's UNBRIDELYPOD, to get 10% off their paid planning tools. The link is in the show notes. For you, Paul, because I know you do some beautiful colours in bridal gowns as well, do you lean towards the blues or the pinks? What are you seeing more of? I personally always lean towards the blues for two reasons. One, blue is my favourite colour, so I'm always naturally attracted to it. But there's not a person where I don't think blue works. I think blue is universally flattering on most people, particularly if you've, if you've got blue eyes, it's just going to highlight those and make them pop. If you've got green eyes, then maybe going a, like a greener shade of blue or a duck egg for example, is going to make them pop. But I just find the blues really cooling and calming and and really beautiful and ethereal. The pinks are also very beautiful and very playful and pretty and light. So working those in, maybe you have a a degradate dress like we did in a few of our collections where we've got blue on the top and pink in the hem. So those brides that want a bit of both, they can't choose The wonderful thing about colour is that you can really experiment. You can layer and line with different shades. Beautiful. And so, you know, we've got this beautiful gown and it's all happening and there's the mood board and that's helping to guide you as well. What about everything else? What about how is the hair being done? Are they wearing an accessory in the hair? jewellery, all those sorts of things. Are you helping pull their vision together? Oh, look, I definitely, it's something that I love being involved in because I think it all works together. I like seeing it very holistically. And what I say to people is, if you're the type of person that wears your hair up every day, don't wear it down for your wedding day or vice versa. And if you wear typically, you know, a smoky eye and a red lip, don't go a no makeup look for your wedding day because you're not going to look like you in your photos. You're not going to recognize yourself. If you wear very little makeup or no makeup, don't go all heavy on your wedding day. And the trials are so important. I definitely recommend people getting trials done if they can in line with their fittings because then they can come in and try their dress and see it all together and maybe go, you know what, the purple lip's actually not working with the dress or the upstyle isn't doing it. I don't feel my best. In every choice, I wouldn't go, oh, because I want to show off the detail on the shoulders, I'm going to have my hair up. It's not the right reason for choosing it. Do your hair up because it makes you look your best or wear your hair down because it makes you look your best. Pick the things that are going to highlight your every feature and make you glow on your big day. And similarly with the bridesmaids and the mothers, I'll quite often like to have a chat about, you know, if you've got blue-based undertones in your gown, what does that mean for the bridesmaids? What kind of colour palette's going to work? And what's going to work for the mums? Look at it as your final photo with everyone standing together, your bridal party standing together. What does that look like? Because you don't want one of the mums to be in bright red and then the other in soft pink because who's going to be standing out in that photo? It's It's going to be totally off balance. It's not always an easy conversation to have, but if you can... 
try and, and work it so that it, there's this harmony. Not everyone has to put a mood board together, that's not what I'm saying. But even if you do, or if you have a color palette at least, you can go to the people in your wedding party and say, like, look, this is what we're doing. You don't have to tell them what you're having for your dress and every other detail, but at least just involving them so then they can make an educated decision when they're picking their outfits. Even as a guideline, it can really help. So today's my wedding anniversary. Congratulations. And thank you. And so eight years ago, I was freaking out, um, not because, you know, I was getting married, but just, yeah, all those little things that go through your head, is everything going to come together? And I remember my mum saying, you don't want to rock up, you know, as the bride and having my groom at the end of the aisle and have your groom look at you and have to take a second look <laughs> because he's not exactly sure. Oh, yeah, that's her. Yeah. Yep, great. Like you don't want to be that different down the end. So I love that you say that this is just an elevated version of you on your wedding day, like your most like fabulous, sparkly, polished self, but feeling like yourself and not some sort of, I don't know. I think we play different roles in our life every day. We're different people when we're at home, just lounging around. We're different people when we're in the office. We're different people at the beach. We're different people when we're with our friends. We play different roles, I should say. And so I think it's just when you're playing the role of the bride or the groom, what does that look like? What mood? What what do you want to feel? I always come back to how you want to feel and what you want to project. You can have the same cut of dress. You can have it in black, red, white, or baby blue. You're telling a completely different story in every color that you're wearing. You know, the red is very striking and bold and sexy. The black is very chic and very elegant. The white or the baby blue is a good one. It's very um, ethereal and very sweet. What emotion are you trying to project? Talking about the different roles that we play, Paul, and I understand you're going to play a groom's role yourself. <laughs> yes. You're getting married. What's it like being on the other side? Do you know what? It's been a lot of fun, I have to say. I have a newfound connection or respect for my clients because I've worked in this industry for 15 years, but I've never been the client. So I'm definitely finding that I'm able to relate a lot more. I think both Anna and I have gone into this with the mentality that it's not something that we're going to stress over. It's just something that we feel very lucky to be able to share a big day with everyone. And all of the decisions that we're making are just ones that suit who we are. I've been learning there's a lot more to it than because I guess I only saw one side of it. It was always focused around the, the clothing side of things. But there's, uh, yeah. and I've, you know, had runway shows and coordinated events and done a lot of that. But yeah, there's a, there's a lot to weddings and just lots of things to consider and book and organize. And mm, mm. yeah. Fun for everyone. At the moment, we're selecting music and we're trying to put ourselves in our guests' shoes. Can you please? Talk a little bit about that, just for a sec. Putting yourself in your guest shoes. I don't know if a lot of couples are across that. Tell me why you're doing that. Well, it was suggested to us, and you know, honestly, it was a great idea because it made us think about all these things that we hadn't considered. <laughs> and I think it was definitely easy to get caught up in, you know, just worrying about yourself, you know, us, and what we're doing, and what we have to do, what our schedule is like. 
But, you know, while we're off having photos, what are people doing? When people are arriving, what are they doing? And, and that was a really good point. So, you know, things like having like bottled water for people um, and, you know, just those little touch points that I, that I know that we do when we're having a runway show or, you know, when, when I have clients come through, I'm thinking, what's my client experience? So now I'm thinking, what's my guest experiencing so and it's it's definitely added more to do things on the list oh yeah oh it doesn't make it easier I really think like a couple can go through their wedding and they can feel pretty awesome and that's great but if their guests are feeling like an afterthought it brings down the entire day and then your guest energy isn't as high as it could be you know because they're dehydrated <laughs> and so yeah yeah that's brilliant what's next what are you doing next Paul we are starting to travel again, which is really exciting. Being able to work with all of our clients internationally as well is so important to us and, and getting to work on special fun projects again. So Old Couture has been my dream ever since I was a little kid. So I'm working towards that. Would you like to explain what that means? Haute Couture, basically, the best way to describe it is sort of like a Michelin star. The Chambre Syndicale in France is the governing body, I guess you would say, for the Haute Couture designers. So at present, there is only a handful of designers worldwide with that title. And they're like your Chanel, Dior, Valentino. My nonna, she is just so passionate about sewing and not just about creating something beautiful, but you look at anything that she has ever made on the inside is just as beautifully finished as it is on the outside. Even the hidden underpinnings and the seams that no one ever gets to see because they're completely concealed are so perfect and so precise. And that's something that the team and I are so proud of being able to do because it's it comes from a love and respect for couture. It's the epitome, right? It's the best of the best. Exactly. Paul, for those engaged couples out there who are going, we really love the sound of Paul and we love the sound of this whole experience. How can people find you? All of our details are on our website or on our Instagram. They can either email us or call us or there's a form on our website. I think a lot of people are scared to get in touch or they think that we don't actually make clothes for real people, but that's definitely what we do. It is also for everyone. It's about being unique for every person. That's brilliant because that's what Unbridely's about too. So, Paul, we might just wrap it up, let you get back to your very busy atelier there. And thank you so, so much for your time and your generosity. And good luck for your wedding too. Thank you. Be here before we know it. It will. goes by so quick. Grab on to everything. Yes, yes. Enjoy. Thank you so much, Paul. My pleasure. Bye. That about wraps it up for this episode of the Unbridely podcast. For the links and resources we mentioned, please head to the show notes. And if you love the show, please review and subscribe on the podcast platform you're on now so you don't miss out on a single episode. Thanks so much for listening. And remember, weddings are a team sport. Catch you soon. Bye.